Hello, and welcome to the R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery with Steph, aka Bariatric Warrior, Bex, aka Becoming Bex, Nicole, aka Spooky BSG Barbie, and Cass, aka Queen Sparkle We are here to talk about everything weight loss surgery related, the good, the bad, and the ugly to end the stigma. So come join us on this road to discovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's been a couple welcome. weeks, but we're here. And we I mean, have... We're here, but not... I mean, like, we're physically here, but here not mentally here. here. Like, today was a struggle bus. Um, today, on episode number four... We have a special guest with us, Miss Jean Marie. Say hello. Yeah, yeah. Hi. <laughs> and today we are talking about intuitive eating post bariatric surgery. <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> um, I mean, I think let's just talk about what you know intuitive eating is and what it's what it's not (laughs) yeah so intuitive eating is learning to eat intuitively um i know that sounds super (laughs) silly but it's probably like well that was redundant right intuitive in tune intuitive in tune with your body your body exactly (laughs) it's about paying attention to your body, what it needs, what it's asking for, when it's actually hungry, paying attention to hunger cues, um, you know, and there's a lot more that goes to it. It goes into it, but that's the very basics is yeah. it is eating and in, like intuitively with whatever your body needs. And it's also eating and enjoying food without judgment. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so what is it not? It's not a diet. It's not judging yourself for whatever you're eating. Mm -hmm. It's not toxic. It's not a negative relationship with food. Mm -hmm. It's it's a neutral relationship with food. Mm -hmm. Because food has what? No morality, right? Nope. And it cannot be either good nor bad. Yep, exactly. And that, so, in, in this um, research article that I was talking about, um, yeah, you know, you ha- also have the side of intuitive eating is not a free for all. It doesn't mean go binge on everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because binging is disordered eating, eating disorders. So, yeah. therefore, why would you do that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> going the complete opposite of what you're trying to do yeah Yeah. intuitive eating is a lot of healing your relationship with food um repairing that disordered eating Mm -hmm. you know learning because with disordered eating with the binging restricting um whatever your disordered eating looked like you were not listening to your body Mm -hmm. you were listening to your brain and you were listening to emotional cues and 
um, trauma cues mm-hmm. and let's be real, self-harm cues. Mm-hmm. You're not listening to what your body actually needs. Um, so yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not disordering. It's the opposite of that. And with di- and with intuitive eating post-op, usually people can't get to that point until like six months because obviously you before surgery did all these diets then you got surgery then you have your post bariatric diet plan from your surgeon and your nutritionist you have to get through that and then you're still learning along the way your fullness cues when you're full you know if you're really hungry so it it takes some time (laughs) yeah important to note that you know you're not going to get it right off the bat. Like, so you can't feel bad about it if you're like, oh, darn, I messed up and I ended up eating too much or, you know, whatnot. It's it's not something that just happens right away. It's something that you have to mindfully practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, it's a skill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about mindful being mindful about it. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness is being present in whatever you're doing. That's all mindfulness is. Mm-hmm. So don't eat absently. Don't eat when distracted. You know, okay. sit sit down, focus, pay attention to your food, pay attention to your body. Mm-hmm. And okay. when you're full, stop eating. When you're if you're if you're hungry, pay you know pay attention and do that. But yeah, it's a learned skill. And like, I mean, I'm gonna beat a dead dead horse here. I've said this in every single episode. I swear to God, I've said this probably. But we we have been taught our whole lives to ignore everything that our body yes. tells us. Yes. <laughs> we have been taught, oh, you're still hungry? No, you're not still hungry. Oh, you want seconds? No, you don't. No, you don't. You shouldn't eat those seconds. But at the same time, we're taught clear your plate. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your food. Mm-hmm. You know, we're... Starving kids in Africa would love right? to have that. Exactly. You're so privileged because you have food. We've been taught all that bullshit. Plus, we've been taught by diet culture in society and the media that we see that the less you eat the somehow the better of a person you are mm-hmm. you know and intuitive eating is the exact opposite of all of that mm-hmm. it is unlearning all of that and it is learning the things that we frankly knew as children but over the course of our lifetimes were we had we unlearned it and now we have to go back and relearn what small children know yeah you know it's it's just yeah i want to bring up something about the mindfulness and you know being present in the moment and when it comes to intuitive eating like how often and i learned this you know ohio during a mindfulness course is how often do you actually sit there And, you know, look at the thing that you're about to put in your mouth. Use all your senses. Take take like an almond, for instance. And smell the almond. Put it in your mouth. Don't chew it right away. And, like, actually take in and be present and, like, enjoy that. When do you actually do that? I totally second that. Like, when when do we actually do that? Like, that's what being mindful is. Is because you're actually 
taking into consideration like the thing that you're about to put into your body and nourish your body with. We're not in a hurry to garble down our plate type of thing. I did a a learning circle with some registered dietitians um, that I worked with. And that's, that is the practice that we did. We sat down to a meal together and this was way before um, I even had dreamed of um, having VSG. So, um, but we sat down to a dinner together with a group of community members because it was open to everybody to come in and like learn about how to make a healthy meal and whatnot. It's just something that's very cool that my organization does. Um, and so we sat down to this meal and we they just walked you through. Okay, look at your plate, inspect your food, think about where your meat came from. Think about the animal that it might have come from. Um, how did the vegetables, how are they grown? Like, and just really like they walked us through like mm-hmm. how, you know, a mindful exercise while intuitively eating would look like. So that's why I was kind of like, yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <I did> <laughs> um, and like that, go ahead. Sorry. No, that is just like, what eating disorder recovery looks like so like for me recovering from my eating disorder meant learning how to intuitively eat and then once I had surgery it was learning how to use those tools that I had learned Mm -hmm. to apply it to my bariatric lifestyle Mm -hmm. yes and intuitive yeah. eating after barrack surgery is an important approach because it's going to help you with long-term success and sustainable weight loss because you exactly. because you have changed those eating disordered eating habits. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of uh, registered dietitians, even on Instagram, talking about like when you when you are mindfully eating when you're intuitively eating and you're paying attention to your food and where it comes from and what what goes into your plate um you're also just getting like learning the difference between fullness versus satisfaction mm-hmm. and that's that's been a big shift for me because previous to surgery i like i ate to feel full there was something satisfying ticking off the pleasure centers of the centers of the brain for me to feeling over full now feeling over full makes me feel sick Mm -hmm. and I can't I can't stand the feeling and so I've had to kind of relearn that relationship between like I don't need to feel full I need to feel satisfied and if you're not paying attention to your food, you're going to get to the end of your food and you're still going to be hungry. Even if it's just head hunger, your your brain is going to tell you, wait, we didn't really eat. I need more. And then that's when you're going to have the cravings. You're going to want to eat snacks. You want to eat slider foods. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that's important is when you're building a meal is you're building a meal that not only tastes good, but looks good, has the right textures because everybody prefers different textures. I'm a mushy person. I like mushy food because I'm probably a five-year-old. I swear that's 
that's why I never left like the soft food stage. I still eat friggin' cottage cheese and pudding and yogurts like every day. <laughs> and if you but, ever want yogurt. a amazing hash brown in an air fryer, just check out the hash brown hype queen, Jean Marie. <laughs> right. I'm so jealous of every time I see those. I'm yes. Like, <laughs> I had one this morning. <laughs> I don't post them every day because I, uh, I'm like, I literally eat the same thing every day. So if I always am right. posting those, people are gonna be like, okay, we get it. But you, you found potatoes. what works for you for breakfast, and you're intuitively mm-hmm. eating it. And it, yeah. I'm assuming it's satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, mm, potatoes. It's satisfying in the way that like I get a decent amount of protein, and I know this isn't going to sound like a decent amount, but I am somebody who eats the majority of my protein in the latter part of the day. If I eat too much in the morning, I don't feel well. Mm -hmm. So I get about ten to twelve grams. (laughs) So I get about ten to twelve grams of protein in my breakfast, like with an egg and I get some healthy fats um, with some avocado and then I get a hash brown that it's a serving of carbohydrates and it tastes good and it's salty and, and it looks pretty it, <laughs> it looks nice it's just got that crunch yeah crunch. it's super yeah. crunchy and you know what I can eat half of it and be satisfied and give the rest to my my husband. Like before, yep. it would have been like, oh, my God, I need to eat all the potatoes. Yes. Now it's like, hey, you want me to make you one? Like, right. <laughs> sharing food, what's that all about? <laughs> right? I mean, that's... that's I, have the... small, I have small humans that just want to eat my food all the time. It don't matter what it is. So. Right. That's super helpful. <laughs> and when you, when you say that, yeah, sure, you could eat the other half, um, but instead you give it to your husband, you are basically, you know, you're making peace with your food and mm-hmm. you're respecting your fullness. And mm-hmm. that's a really good part of intuitive eating. Yeah, well, like Bex was saying about like, I can't feel uncomfortably full. That makes me feel sick. Like I love to use this analogy of like on a scale of zero to 10, zero being I am so hungry that I could eat anything. And 10 being like after Thanksgiving full. After most meals, I like to aim for like a six or a seven. So mm-hmm. I'm satisfied. Like there's something on my stomach. I feel full, but I don't feel like I'm going to be sick. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I can't, I just can't do that. And um, I say this a lot, but like weight loss surgery gave me the thing that was missing in my toolbox. It, yes. It gave me that immediate biofeedback of, oh, yes. this is this is what it feels like when you eat something and how it sits in your stomach. Right. Um, it was the thing that I was missing in my eating disorder recovery, which I know yep. sounds so backwards. Um, I had a friend who was like, so concerned about my eating disorder like when I was like hey I'm having bariatric surgery she's like well what does this mean for that I'm like um nothing yeah I'm gonna continue to work with my therapist like this decision was not made lightly and like I'm gonna continue to have to work on my eating habits like that that doesn't go away but it definitely does get easier the further you get out from surgery I love that you said that this was the thing that was missing. Mm -hmm. 
because I feel like I was so before surgery, so unbelievably disconnected from my body, from my stomach, from my ability to feel full and feel that difference between satiety and fullness. Like for me, it was like, I could eat all the time, all the time, thousands of calories. I could eat huge amounts of food and never really feel the same level of fullness that I feel now. It's a whole different level of fullness. And you're right. I love that you said that like instant biofeedback because for the first like three or four months post-op, I don't know about you guys, but I could literally feel everything as it went all the way down my throat and yep. hit my stomach. Yep. Now it's not so much now that I'm a year and a half out. I can, you know, I don't feel it, but I could. And it was that, that like just instant like body awareness mm-hmm. that wow. really shifted, shifted the way that I was taking care of my body and focusing on my body and the way I was eating. And you're rebuilding your trust with yourself and your food. Uh-huh. Yeah. That rebuilding trust is a really big part of the intuitive eating for me was because like, like I said, I didn't, I was so disconnected from my body. I didn't know what full meant. I didn't know what satisfied meant. I had no idea. It was, yeah, I just had an urge to eat. That's all I knew. <laughs> what? Awesome. I, Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I love how you talked about, like, being able to eat, like, thousands and thousands of calories without even, like, batting an eye about it. Because there have been a couple of times where we've ordered pizza from, like, our favorite place. And we get a small pizza now because I'm only going to have one slice. Mm -hmm. And they've upgraded us to a large. And it's, like, it's almost like a hassle. Like, right? (laughs) I don't want these leftovers. since we were talking about you know like feeling your full cues what are your guys's full cues because everyone's are different mm-hmm. mine's my nose running i just it mine is sporadic which is frustrating but i hiccup just like one or two mm-hmm. but it's not all the time and it depends on the type of food. It depends on how quick I eat. It depends. It's frustrating. But generally, I just try to pay attention to that, like what Jean Marie says, like that satisfaction level mm-hmm. of like, 
which is another reason why it's so important to eat consistently after a bariatric surgery. Because if you go too long between meals, you're gonna you're going to be ravenous. And then you're not going to eat mindfully and you're not going to pay attention and you are going to overeat and you are going to feel full and feel sick. So it's just, it takes time. It takes practice. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, got, you know, a little over a year now out and I'm just now figuring out when I need to eat. And for me, it's now it's like, oh, every three-ish hours. Yeah, yep. like, four. Okay, okay. Because I, when I first started out, I would just like milk coffee for like six hours. And then- <laughs> I mean, I still do, like, so. <laughs> why am I still so hungry? Speaking like, of coffee, this so now is my I third to one today. my yogurt. <laughs> and then around, so I have my coffee in the morning and then- around 11.30, I know that's about the time I'm going to start getting hungry from after having coffee. So then I have yogurt and then about three hours later, I know that's about when I'm going to eat lunch. And then sometimes I just pack like a dinner type meal with me because I've been getting off work at six. So I'm like about 4.35. I need something or I have a snack just to tide me over for the drive. Yeah. And I try to eat, you know, before eight or nine o'clock. Not that, you know, people that eat later, that's fine too. If that's what works for you, great. Here's me at eight forty at night yeah. eating my dinner. Yeah. I may have ate <laughs> I may have ate a slice of vegetable pizza at eleven PM yesterday because I had a power day and I was like, my body wanted carbs. I was feeling my body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of pizza, I had a slice of that leftover pizza today. <laughs> See? She kept it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I know, like, segue is good into, like, the whole no good food, bad food. And screw the food place. Like, oh, yeah. I can't stand it when people tell me, are you sure you should be eating that? I'm like, bitch, yes. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to eat whatever, the, eat fuck whatever the fuck I want. If I want this right. brownie, I'm going to eat it. But it's not that I'm going to eat this brownie every day. <laughs> or and, or the whole plate. You no, know, you eat a whole Tray. package of a million brownies because you're telling yourself that you can't have it. No, and then or you get back into thing. that, and then eat, I have that to disordered eating. X amount of exercise. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't trade one for the other mm-hmm. you know you're gonna honor like you say honor your hunger honor your cues like you want it and it's okay to want it just yeah. don't yeah. live there and eat a whole package be yeah. satisfied with what you put on your plate mm-hmm. and move on yeah so kind of on that like for me um intuitive eating post-op besides just like listening to what my body is saying to me, like as I'm actually eating it and consuming it and how it's feeling, how I feel the day after will also inform my food choices for the next day. So say there's a day that I don't necessarily put protein first because listen, there's no such thing as a perfect bariatric patient. 
I do not, I do not always put protein first. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> I want pizza for lunch. So that's what I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, hey, there's cheese. On yeah. Pizza. Cheese is protein. Yeah. And there was, Hey, if you put mushrooms on it, that's protein. <laughs> <laughs> but the next day when I wake up and I'm like, okay, I didn't put protein first. I'm feeling kind of sluggish today. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go back to my bariatric bake basics put my protein first and see how I feel tomorrow Mm -hmm. and for me like the tool of the surgery and then also like listening to my body not just immediately but also like retrospectively has been a game changer and really what intuitive looks intuitive eating looks like for me in a daily practice Mm -hmm. yeah I love it that's very similar to what I do as well because if you're not if you're not listening to your body, how are you ever gonna know what it's telling you? Like right. you know, like people, we have to look at their past behavior. <laughs> so right. why so wouldn't we look back at our own behavior? <laughs> right. <laughs> so like intuitive eating, like I know Cass was joking about it at the beginning, like it's just eating intuitively. But like <laughs> there there is work that goes into like learning what that is and that's the hard part (laughs) yeah it's the it's the approach that helps you find that long-term you know realistic sustainable sustainable habit around eating and there was a study at the university of massachusetts bariatric surgery center which actually showed those who had bariatric surgery who incorporated intuitive eating principles, It they actually found higher intuitive eating was associated with higher satisfaction, feeling in control of your eating, and a positive relationship with food. Um, mm-hmm. And then another study showed that intuitive eating style post-weight loss surgery actually was associated with people losing more weight. Yeah. yeah, and probably longer, like, less regain, less mm-hmm. chances of regain. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking regain of, like, 5 or 10 pounds. I'm talking, like, regain. Mm-hmm. People people who go like back, backtrack, backtrack and regain most, if not all, of the weight. Mm-hmm. I would bet that those that, I mean, I didn't read that whole article, but I would bet that they have a higher higher success rate of keeping mm-hmm. the weight off long term. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's not just... The relationship with food yeah that's super interesting because you know going into surgery i was like okay this is this is gonna work for me but there there was also that tiny voice in my head saying it's not yeah but i think we all had that tiny voice that yeah it's not gonna work but like i know i'm like only 14 months out so i'm still technically like kind of new but I'm, I am just so confident now that I'm not going to regain my weight because I'm in such a healthy relationship with my body and with food and fueling my body. And um, yeah, it's just a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. I do want to point out that, that that you can be, you know, 14 months or 18 months like me or two years or five years out. And you're not always going to feel that way. You're not always going to feel super confident and you're not always going to feel super crappy. It's, it's, you know, there's ups and downs. Cause I know that like, I've still been 
trying to lose the last 20 pounds to my goal for the last like six fucking months. And there's been days where I've definitely felt that like, okay, I've got this. I feel great. I'm paying attention to my body. I'm fueling it properly. I know I'm eating the right things. I'm going to the gym. I'm really doing everything that I'm supposed to do. And I feel good about all my choices. And then six months later, when the scale hasn't moved, you know, you're going to have the bad brain days that tell you that all that work, all of that time focusing and paying attention and doing all the right things for your body was a waste. Well, but that's not true. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But I, I love that, that, you know, we can, because I don't know about anybody else, but before surgery, I never had days where I felt good about the things I did ever. Like, because before surgery, it was always restrictive diet, restrictive diet, restrictive diet. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I was like, really like doing what I thought I was supposed to do restrictive diet wise, I would, I would always get to a point where like, this is not sustainable. So that's, that's the difference is that you can have your bad days and still know these, this is the right thing that I'm doing. I'm taking care of my body in the right way. I'm listening to my body in the right way. And you're honoring Just your feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and not every day is going to be 100%. Oh, like, yeah. And that's so totally cool, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I always, I, I, I always say. I could talk about intuitive eating all the time <laughs> and eating disorder recoveries. <laughs> right. <laughs> I always, Something I'm passionate about. Yeah, I always I had a, say. <clears throat> go ahead. I always say, and I learned this from April. And if you woke up today and you got out of bed and you moved your body for five minutes, you remembered to, you know, take one of your vitamins. And maybe you didn't meet your protein goals, and maybe you didn't meet your hydration goals. That's okay because every day is different, and that's the work of weight loss surgery. Yeah. yeah, I love that because like, what's the point in getting upset over not meeting your protein goal? Like, you can't go back. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't change it. You can just put move. your next foot in front of the other and move on. Like, yeah. how you guys are talking about like guilt, with especially like around food. Like, same thing with just being a bariatric patient. Like, there are days. Well, most days I don't meet my water goal. I know I need to, but it just is not in my cards most days. But you know what? I still try to put a valiant effort the next day. Right. <laughs> like, you know, it's I know it's something that I have to work on, but like I can't beat myself up over it because what's done is done. I, I don't have a time machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite things that one that my therapist ever said to me was that you you can't wake up and give everything in your life 100% effort all the time. You'll burn so, out. So, yeah, you will burn out so fast. You can't wake up and be 100% taking care of your body, 100% at doing your job, 100% at taking care of your family, 100% at, you know, your hobbies, 100% at everything. That's 5 billion percent, you know what I mean? Like, you can't do that. So, if one day you're going to wake up and you're going to give 40% to your body, you know, and you're going to give 10% to your work, because <laughs> let's be real, most of us are checked out. You um, come first. <laughs> you know, and then you're going to give another 20% for your family. And then the next day that those percentages are going to change. 
each day. And then maybe there is a day you, you wake up and you're, that's the day you're going to give a hundred percent to your body. You're going to hit all those goals. You're going to move your body. You're going to take care of it. You're going to listen to it. And you're going to get to that end of that day. And you're gonna be like, this is amazing. I should do this all the time. But the reality is you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm -hmm. You, you can't have I mean, a perfectly I'm going beautiful. To. I mean, you can't, <laughs> what I'm saying is you can't you can't have the perfectly beautiful cake that is never untouched, and then also eat cake unless I guess you buy two cakes. But <laughs> I, I mean, now we're all just thinking about cake. But right, my, right. But my point is, is you cannot have a hundred percent of all things all the time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's the true. That's true. Oh, true. Intuitive eating. And you will yeah. not you can't be 100%. You will not suddenly get nutrient deficient or gain weight back from one eating day. that one piece of cake <laughs> that day. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, going now to great advice my therapist has given me, <laughs> she's like, you know, there are studies out there that show that our weight can fluctuate between five and 10 pounds in a day. Yes, day. it can. Especially so if you ate super you, salty the day before. <laughs> Yeah, so when you step on the scale and it says up 0.2 pounds or maybe it says up 3 pounds, think back to what you ate the day before. Did you eat 3 pounds of food? Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, like... You have to eat 3,000 excess calories to gain a single pound. And with bariatric surgery, especially when you're right out of bariatric surgery, you physically cannot eat that. Mm You... Mm-mm. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it's, it's going to take it's what time. You, it's what you eat consistently over time that matters. Progress, not <laughs> perfection. Consistency over perfection, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I think when we choose food, too, it's, you know, we think about how is this food serving me in my body today? Like, that's kind of how I go forward um, and think intuitively and mindfully when I'm eating. I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to eat today that is going to give my body the most benefit? And um, I mean, a lot of times it looks the same. Honestly, because I mean, I think we all kind of are in a place where we find things that work for us and then we just kind of want to stick with it. Like, I don't know if it, you guys have a fear of like branching out and trying different things. I had that really strongly in the beginning. I was very scared to try anything. First of all, I had a really bad like ugh, textures and things. Like, I did six weeks of full fluid because oh god that's awful because textures and like my taste changed so bad mm-hmm. afterwards i was deathly scared to try anything afterwards so i did like 6 weeks of full fluids and soups strained soups cuz i was like yeah and, and obviously my <laughs> my situation was very different because obviously i went from all right lrd had surgery then went through the bariatric, you know, follow these guidelines for four weeks, mm-hmm. was eating regular food. And then at eight to 10 weeks, 
couldn't eat anything. So food was taken away. I did not eat anything by mouth for 10 to 12 weeks. And I did not get uh, nutrition via PICC line or TPN um, or feeding tube until week 12. And then I was on that for almost two months. And then I had to slowly learn to eat again. <laughs> and then it was taken away again because I then had revision surgery. And I went through the bariatric plan of go through the steps. <laughs> and then, hey, I'm back to eating normal again. So it's like relearn, 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 right. relearn. Right. <laughs> and, and, the, and I didn't have the same full cues that I did after the first surgery they actually so didn't weird. come back for like a good month and a half so i was like what the hell and then when they did come back my original ones were hiccups chest discomfort and then runny nose towards the bladder end and then when they came back it was oh we pulled your sleeve down and it's anchored lower in your stomach and half of your esophagus is now under your diaphragm. So my full cue is my stomach actually feels full. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing yeah. though is stuff is that you adapted to mm-hmm. like that hell that you went through and like even now like post couple months of your revision like you're still adjusting and that's mm-hmm. like that's ultimately what intuitive eating is, is adjusting how you eat based on how it makes you feel. And of course, if you have medical stuff, but yeah. And I've noticed as I like have started exercising, like because exercise is a part of intuitive eating, if you didn't know that, um, you're not, you're not thinking about, you know, calorie burning. And the effects of exercise, you're shifting your focus to how it feels to move your body. And Mm -hmm. after eight months of not moving my body, being sedentary, it feels really good to move my body. And yes, that has reflected on the scale. I stopped tracking food a month and a half ago and I started moving my body. And the scale has reflected that. And I am now almost 189 pounds. I'm 90 pounds down and it's like, whoa. And I was stalled for the longest time. But I changed my mindset and I, you know, thought about things differently. And obviously, you know, I'm still adapting because it's still like my body's still healing from everything type of thing. But, you know, I do find that exercise does make me more hungry. And so that's why I ate that piece of pizza at 11 p.m. Because I was fueling my body. It wanted it. That should be another episode, to be honest, because we are out of time. <laughs> oh, we got a couple of minutes. <laughs> got, we have less than a minute. But I was just anyway. going to say real quick, my takeaway is now because of the intuitiveness and the mindfulness that I am not obsessed with food and yep. it does not occupy every waking moment of my day. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's lovely. It's lovely. Hey everyone, it has been a crazy few weeks here in Kentucky. I'm still working on that feature film that I'm production managing, so I'm sending in a recording to the podcast, and uh, here it is. We're talking this week about intuitive eating, 
And this is a topic that hits very close to home with me because it's something that I try to practice and um, I've fallen out of it as well. Like I, it's something that I'll say, okay, I'm going to really do this and then be mindful about what I'm putting into my mouth. And then other times I'm just starving because I'm like, I found myself doing this today actually, because you know, after you're being on set or working all day and you're so busy working, 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 and then you finally feel the hunger and you're like, great, just put something in my mouth. So I ran home and I was like, okay, I have half of a leftover cheeseburger and I, you know, scarfed that down pretty much. I did not take my time with it. It was not mindful. And then, you know, previous, maybe like 10 minutes earlier, I had coffee so then my tummy was like so upset because I ate so fast and then I just completely dumped um so yeah it's definitely (laughs) a good skill to have I would say after weight loss surgery to practice um intuitive eating to practice mindful eating thinking about um your meals ahead of time and preparing them and When you're eating, making sure that you're setting time aside for your eating. I know that's very difficult because some of us, we have very busy lives. um, And we are only limited to maybe 20 minutes, a half hour for lunch. And sometimes that's not enough time for someone with weight loss surgery. Um, Especially me, I find it incredibly hard to eat at lunchtime. I cannot. I have to actually plan my food throughout the day so when lunch happens I get some and I put it to the side and I'll have a tiny bit and then I'll put it to the side and I'll start working again and lunch is over and I'm like okay well I'm still hungry because I only had a tiny bit of food but I can I can't eat that fast because then I'll get sick right so my biggest tip with intuitive eating is planning your meals before you're hungry. Thinking about, what am I in the mood for today? And then having a game plan. So for me, I'm a very... uh, I used to love sweets before surgery. And then after after my surgery, I ended up loving salty foods. And I find that a really good... Um, mix for me is having like a trail mix so I love something that's salty sweet and I always carry it with me I always have it on standby you know it's like one fourth cup it's five grams of protein it hits me with that sugar I get a little bit of sweetness and I'm like I mean with that salt and uh, a little bit of sweetness and I'm like yeah that's what I need to do from now on. Carry snacks with me. It really helps regulate your day. Um, that and always carrying a water bottle, which I feel like everyone's kind of in the habit of doing after weight loss surgery. It's so hard to stay hydrated. Um, and also a tip with mindful eating and, and intuitive eating is just, like I said, when you're setting aside time, don't have any distractions. You know, eating without distraction is very important. I actually find that, um, 
eating in silence at a dinner table is my best option. I am able to recognize my hunger and fullness cues better. Um, and, and being mindful of the nutrition that you're also taking in, right? So it's not only about how fast you're eating or uh, when you're eating. It's also what you're eating. Being mindful of the nutritional value. Like we make choices now, right? Especially with our tiny tummies, we have to be like, okay, so this one only has five grams of protein, but if I have this one, it's 15 grams of protein. I'm going to go with the 15 grams of protein. It might be 50 more calories, but I need to get that protein in. And I think that's very important to make sure that you're not so much focused on calorie count as you are focused on meeting nutritional goals. I think it's very important to understand, especially at the point where I'm at with maintaining. Um, while you're losing weight, yes, of course, you want to be conscious of calorie intake. But when you're maintaining, it's very much so, am I eating enough protein for the day? Am I uh, having enough hydration for the day? Am I getting enough fiber? You know, things like that. So you're kind of trying to compensate here and there. But uh, yeah, intuitive eating, it's definitely something that's um, a positive thing to practice. And it's not something that you're going to learn overnight. It took me about a year to kind of get to where I'm at, where I think about everything that goes into my mouth. And not in a way that's annoying, because you know how... I mean, at least for me, before my surgery, I, I was counting calories like left and right, and I was becoming obsessive. And now my new tool has allowed me to not obsess over calorie counting. Yes, of course, I still track what I'm having, but it's not to the extreme that it used to be. I don't feel like I have to go to the gym and work off every single calorie now. I know from my health and my body, I need to consume those calories, you know? So that's what intuitive eating is all about. It's about acknowledging what's in front of you, what you're putting in your mouth, and the nutritional value of that, and not restricting yourself. Your tool is restricting it for you, okay? So last night, I was like, I want a cheeseburger and I want fried pickles. So that's exactly what I had. And I was able to have half of my burger and three fried pickles. My tool restricts it for me so I don't have to think about it. The trick is not going back to it after, right? So if you're going to consume the whole thing, of course it's not good. That's You're not eating it intuitively. But my thought was... I'm going to eat half of this and it's going to be this many calories and I'm getting protein from the meat and I'm going to have these three fried pickles because I want three fried motherfucking pickles. <laughs> so just be cautious about um, yeah, restricting yourself on top of restriction, if that makes sense. So your tool is doing that job for you. And then intuitive eating is saying, I really want a cookie. I'm going to have a cookie. 
and allowing yourself that cookie and acknowledging you're allowed to have the cookie and just counting it, tracking it, allowing it in your day and moving on. Do not feel guilty for having a cookie. I hope this helps. Um, I love you, ladies. I should be back actually recording with these wonderful women in not next week, but the week after's episode. Um, Thank you so much, you guys, and have a beautiful day. Love you guys. So just wanted to say thank you, Jean Marie, for joining us on this episode. We love you. And thank you. We will catch all of you on the next episode where we'll go into further detail about intuitive eating, etc. Specifically exercise and intuitive eating. Yes, specifically exercise because my wheelhouse is a a genius at that. And I don't know about genius, but it's my love. (laughs) Um, if you're not a patron, check it out because you get access early to our podcast. Perks. 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 Oh, and you may, you know, um, obviously my video's not on. What the hell? (laughs) You may see these awesome shirts with our faces on it. (laughs) I thought you said this video video isn't going up, but it's (laughs) just showing it off. Yeah, I'm also not know, wearing pants because pants are overrated. Like a rock star. My face is on a shirt. <laughs> I had I had multiple people like who follow my my bariatric like page message me when Steph first posted the photo of the of the shirt, and they were like, "Dude, your face is on a shirt," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh, FYI, we have had one shirt purchase. You will see this Woo! person tag us soon. Uh, yes, and we have seven patrons because we're so Thank cool. Thank you for supporting Thank you. us. Thank you, patrons. We love you. I want to take a special shout out to our VIP patrons. And that is Sally and Lita. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as well, thank you for all of our patrons, our supporters, our followers, our, our listeners. listeners. We love our every friends. single one of you. If you want to be on this podcast, let us know. Let us Reach know your feedback. Leave us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts if you like it. And we'll Do see it. you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery. Please join us next time for our next podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that follow button and that bell to receive notifications when we upload our next and leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're interested in supporting us, you can become a Patreon and we do have that link in our bios on our Instagram and we will also share that with you. It's just patreon.com slash R2DP. There's some special perks in there that you might see. Um, There's different tier levels and each tier has its certain perks. You will get a exclusive sticker if you sign up for the first tier. You will also get to hear the podcast two days before everyone else and the perks go on from there. So again, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye.
Bye, R2D peers.